Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Guy. Oh, brother. This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy you here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Pal and Finn podcast. I am your host tonight, uh, Sean Laffrey, and I uh, want to thank you guys all for tuning in to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs. Uh, Susie, my co-host, she had a bunch of events happening uh, this weekend, so she is super busy. Uh, so she regret- regretfully wouldn't be won't be able to join us tonight, but uh, that's okay because I have one of the uh, all-time greats of uh, uh, the Noob Show coming back and joining us again. Uh, Mr. Cody Jennings from Jigmasters. Uh, Cody, uh, welcome back to the Noob Show. Uh, I think you're setting the record for return guests. I, uh, you're stealing it away from Jody Queen, if you could believe that. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm kind of shocked to hear that still. It's been a while. I know we've been trying <laughs> to schedule this for, for several months. Um, unfortunately, life happens, but hey, uh, thanks for sticking with and reaching back out and happy to be on. No problem, man. I mean, always, you've always been a great supporter of uh, the Noob Show but of, of Paddle and Finn in general, too. So uh, tons of thanks for that, and uh, it's great to have you back, man. So um, for any of the guests who uh, don't know, uh, just wanted to do a quick intro of yourself. Uh, for the most part, I would guessing most people know you um, by now, or at least uh, have a general idea of who you are. But Yeah, so um, for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Cody Jennings. Um, you know, founder, owner, janitor, whatever you want to call it, of uh, <laughs> Jig Masters, um, which was kind of a passion project that I started in uh, 20, basically the beginning of 2017. Um, and it's kind of just slowly exploded from there, you know. And, um, you know, one of the main things that I do is I, for the most part, you know, 
custom design um, various jigs. I'm starting to get more soft plastics, uh, wire baits like spinner baits, buzz baits. Um, but always the bread and butter of jig masters will will be you know the flipping jig, um, pivot head stuff like that. So yeah, and that's exactly what um, I really wanted to talk to you tonight because it's been a while since uh, uh, we've done a jig show and. Unfortunately, and uh, as most of the viewers know, uh, I talk about it uh, a lot. Uh, jigs, jigs, for whatever reason, are my kryptonite, you know. Um, and I always say I like to show, you know, not for lack of owning them. I have, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I have definitely sampled uh, many, many, many different kinds of jigs. But for whatever reason, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit, uh, I just don't have confidence in them. And um i think it's be i don't I, it's tough to say why um i i i have a ton of confidence in a net bait and a net head and i know before the show we were talking about uh you know this uh, you know this particular topic and you were saying how that's kind of not something that you have uh, uh as much confidence in and whereas i would put down the jig to pick up a ned knowing that i can get bit on the ned you're kind of the opposite right yeah yeah and um you know kind of what we were talking about before we um you know started playing here was um all these different techniques types of baits all stuff it, it all comes down to confidence um you know basically kind of what i tell to everybody is you know there there is no magic lure you know it's um it comes down to what kind of fits your style and then realistically what experiences you had on them you know if you weren't really testing them out you know Sometimes you get lucky and say, hey, I've never thrown a net. I throw a net out. You catch a four pounder. Guess what? You get all the confidence in the world. <laughs> you know, you're going to learn that net pretty well because you're always going to have it tied on. Right. Um, you know, for me, I'm the opposite. You know, my my three. Uh, yeah. My three bread and butters would be a flipping jig, um, a spinner bait, uh, which I'm always throwing a half ounce Colorado willow um, and then like a swing head style jig. You know, okay. I feel like I could go to any body of water and I can do well with those three baits. Um, you know, and something we kind of were talking about, too, is is one of the if you're trying to expand on, you know, techniques that you have confidence on, um, especially in the beginning, whether you're a new angler or just, you know, a seasoned, quote unquote, vet that's been throwing the same two things for his whole life. Um, you know, one thing that I kind of recommend is anytime you want to try a new technique, whether it's jigs, crankbait, whatever it's, um, try to go to unpressured bodies of water, um, which I know is becoming harder and harder. <laughs> um, you know, but if you can, if you got access to like a private lake or a private quarry, um, or, you know, like a farm pond or something like that, you know, where, where maybe those fish are a little bit easier to catch. Yeah, they're easier there, but it's a great way to develop that confidence. You know, hey, once again, you say, oh, hey, uh, flipping jig. I remember setting the hook on some fish with it. You know, that's already a big start period, you know. Um, but then also, too, you can actually, even in those easier bodies of water, you can learn a lot about, you know, how do the fish strike them? Um you know, what techniques are they kind of striking more on? Is it, you know, a real fast paced, you know, hop on the bottom? Is it big hops, small hops, just kind of dragging it? 
Um, you know, are you typically getting bit more like right in the, the thick stuff or is it on the outsides? You know, you just start kind of picking that stuff apart. Um, and it's just, it's all towards building confidence with any new lure. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's definitely a good tip. And, um, it, I mean, it, it helps you just get a feel for, uh, not only, like you said, um, what it feels like to get a bite and you kind of, kind of pay attention to, you know, what exactly you were doing when you got that bite and kind of expand from there, but also just what it feels like to, to drag it on the bottom and also to, to bump it off a stump or, a you know, structure like that you know it's just a, a good a good way to get feeling for it so um uh, i wanted to ask, start off with um what i now obviously i've heard the one of the best things about jigs is they pretty much isn't a time where they won't work you know whereas you know you'll hear you know some things are more of a, a fall bait or a spring bait or a heat of the summer bait but they're, you know, the jig is one thing that they kind of say is kind of a universal year round, uh, you know, you can throw it and it should catch fish. Um, is that generally uh, your your feeling as well? Or uh, uh, what's your thoughts there? Yeah. So so with um, with jigs now, the one downside is people say, oh, they're versatile. Well, that's because there's also several different types. <laughs> You know, you got flipping jigs, football jigs, swim jigs, hair jigs, finesse jigs, you know, swing heads, you know, there's a bunch of different types there. You know, it's a kind of a blanket um, category. But even then, I mean, I I feel like I could take a flipping or football jig, which would be your two most standard jigs when people say jig. Um, you know, for example, you know, there's the football, you know, it's got a full skirt on it. Um, traditionally you're going to throw like some form of kind of crawl style trailer. Um, same thing with flipping, um, you know, typically get a little bit more pointed style head. Um, and that's to be able to kind of come through, you know, cracks in the, you know, the, the lay down trees and stuff like that. Um, and even shed grass a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that you could fish jigs all year round and catch fish you're just going to be fishing, you know, different depths, different structures, you know, that all kind of changes with the seasons. But for the most part, you know, you could, you can keep a flipping jig and a football jig tied on and, and do some damage. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to start then. Um, if we take each kind of jig and break down what its uh, specialty is, um, starting with flipping, that's pretty easy. I mean, that's going to be your close quarters, um, making just flip casts and, um, it's designed right to, to work well around cover or like your, you know, places you wouldn't throw something else cause it might not come through it as easy. Right. Yeah. So, so flipping jigs, they, they, they really get their, you know, main usage case is going to be with like fishing a lot of timber, you know, think timber, um, think like gnarly, more wooden docks, stuff like that. Um, brush piles, stuff like that. Like that, that is kind of where they shine the most is, you know, Hey, you're, you're in that kind of not only, but you know, most of the time you're in that, you know, five foot or less of water typical scenario when you're, when you're using them the most. And, you know, most of the time it's not, most of the time you're almost using them to cover water more. You know, if you're going down a bank and it's a whole bunch of, you know, do nothing sand bank and stuff, and all of a sudden you see a, you know, a nice brush pile hanging in the water, 
um, whatever. And it can even, you know, be off the bank too. Um, you know, Hey, you take a flipping jig, you know, work the middle, work each side, you know, and typically when you're pitching it in there, it's not something that for the most part, I mean, they do slow down in the summer, stuff like that, but normally it's pitch it, hop, hop, reel, hop, hop, get it out of there, repitch it. Um, you know, it is a little bit more of a fast paced style jig compared to, you know, doing like deep water fishing and ledge fishing and stuff with like football jigs. Interesting. No, no. And that makes sense. Um, yeah, when you think of covering water baits, I, I don't know that I would have put the jig up there, but that makes sense because of the fact that you're not soaking it long for long periods of time. Like you're pretty much checking, you know, I guess. And then uh, we did an episode on punching a little bit ago, um, and I guess it's kind of similar to that. You, you know, With punching we were talking about, you drop it through there, bounce it twice. If nothing bites, then there's probably not nothing there or... Yeah, jigs, uh, uh, flipping jigs in specific, um, they are a lot more of a reaction bait than people think. You know, normally you think reaction bait, it's spinner bait, crank bait, jerk bait, that kind of style stuff, uh, more swimming stuff. Um, right, moving but baits, really, yeah. yeah, you know, but, uh, but a flipping jig in specific, it's actually a lot more of a reaction strike bait. You know, you're, you're not traditionally not saying it never works obviously you know there's, there's you got anomalies everywhere but um you know you're fishing them a relatively fast pace you know you might pitch at instead of just pitching into a small lay down or something and you know chucking it in there and, and then twiddling your thumbs for 30 seconds and say up oh, nothing bit it reel it back in in that 30 seconds you might throw six to eight cast at that same lay down just working different parts making different slightly different presentations seeing if any slightly different presentation will get that fish to actually bite right yeah exactly yep cool all right well that's uh that's the flipping jig then next uh we'll have the football head jig um what what kind of what's that specialty for i i know the football head is supposedly good for not getting wedged in rocks but uh yeah. And once again, these are all kind of more statistical things, you know, you can lose a bait <laughs> in anything, right? So <laughs> true enough. And um, I have. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, traditionally football jigs are meant um, not exclusively, but more meant for like dragging kind of techniques. Um, you know, I mean, if I'm fishing shallow, shallow rock and stuff like riprap banks and stuff like that, most of the time I'm still actually throwing a flipping jig. Um, now once you back out into kind of those little deeper, you know, 10 foot, 15 foot, 20 foot and beyond, um, you know, gravel slash sand flats or rock piles in specific, that's when I'll, you know, most of the time I'll be using a football jig. Um, and for the most part, it's real, real subtle hops and you're more dragging it along the bottom than you are you know, necessarily hopping it too much. Okay. Now that all being said, there is a popular technique out there. It looks ridiculous to do. Does it work? Yes. Um, do you feel smart or intelligent while trying it for the first time? Definitely not. Um, and it's <laughs> called stroking jigs. I was going to ask and, you about that. <laughs> you know, and stuff. And that really got famous on like ledge fishing you know, and kind of like your Kentucky lakes and stuff like that, where they have a bunch of stair step ledges that are mainly rock. 
um, and stuff where you see it actually works well. Like I've done it a lot in quarries and stuff. And, um, you know, basically literally it's, you know, you let the bait sink to the bottom, bounce it, bounce it, bounce it. Once you either get to where, you know, depending on good you are with electronics that you're at the end of the ledge, or if you just start feeling that bait drop again, you know, used to it only sink for half a second. Now it's sinking for two seconds and still going, you know, then you'll rip the rod straight up and you might move that bait, you know, six, seven, you know, feet on one big, big hop. Um, that also is very popular um, if you get into like brim beds, um, you know, which for the most part is a little bit more Southern state um, kind of thing. But, you know, you get these big pods of beds and there's, you know, sunfish, brim, uh, bluegills, whatever. Um, a lot of times kind of fishing those areas, if you actually stroke a jig or whatever, it kind of triggers once again, that reaction strike. Cause most of the time there are bass nearby. They might just kind of be sitting, you know, out waiting for something to kind of quote unquote, leave the nesting area. Um, you know, and a lot of times if you do that big stroke or whatever, it signals like, Hey, we, you know, we got somebody going rogue and they attack it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was going to ask about uh, what that is simulating because I've seen, I've heard that term a lot, stroking a jig. And I was curious uh, kind of what you're shooting for there. Like that's definitely seems like it's a reaction strike, right? Because anytime you have that big of a movement, that's what you're going for. And that kind of, when I think of, you know, football jig fishing, um, uh, you know, the, I don't know if you've, you've heard anybody say it, but you know, if you think you're moving it slow enough, slow down, you know, that kind of thing. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Right. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and that kind of stroking a jig is almost the exact opposite of that. You're getting big movements yeah. fast. And, um, but yeah. Uh, and, um, I've seen videos on it. I, I haven't really experimented with too much, too much with it, but, uh, that might be something I have to try because, uh, I'm curious, like what kind of, I'm thinking you probably have to have a little bit different of a setup there. You're definitely throwing that on something heavier right so that you could really move yeah it i mean typically me now that i'm a little bit partial to a little bit heavier action rods to begin with um but most of the time yeah you're gonna have you're gonna want something you know in that about seven and a half foot rod length um and a little bit heavier heavier tip as well um, at least i do personally and the, and the big benefit that i like from a heavier tipped rod in that kind of scenario is it helps me imagine very well, like how far I moved that bait. You know, I can do a three foot, four foot, 
five foot, you know, if you don't have that much of a, you know, parabolic taper, the rod, every time you move that jig, you kind of got a good reference for how far you're actually moving it or lifting it off the bottom. Gotcha. Then, uh, yeah, there's no real guessing because you know the amount that your rod is moving is what's the jig is doing the same thing, right? Correct. Yep. And where do your hits come on that? Is it more on the fall back down or are they hitting it on the way up or what's your experience there? That my experience personally is it's more on the way up. Gotcha. It's it's typically kind of like halfway halfway up that lift. As you're trying to lift it, you feel the rod load. Okay. Um, that has been the most case that I felt it. Now there are times too where it's literally just where it starts descending from its apex. You know, the jig gets to its high, almost kind of stops almost. And as soon as it starts that fall again, that's when they'll hit that, that okay. change of direction per se. Gotcha. And um, do you, uh, I know we talked, you mentioned like a crawl trailer on uh, or something with appendages with your flipping bait. Uh, what kind of bait are you talking about when you're doing that kind of thing? Uh, what kind of yeah. trailer rather? Yeah. I mean, me personally, I, I still will traditionally use like a crawl style. Once again, that's kind of just more of a confidence thing than anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I will kind of focus on um, a lot of times more of the proverbial match the hatch kind of scenario. Um, you know, if you're in a lake of like, once again, Kentucky Lake, where it's a lot of, lot of shad, I'm actually going to try that more of with like a, you know, grayish white, you know, some form of blue hue, whatever kind of skirt um, and trailer um, compared to if it is brim, you know, then I am going to start using kind of more like mixing up like green pumpkins with black and blues and stuff like that. More of your traditional jig color. Right. Um, those kind of scenarios I've always seemed to do a little bit better with kind of matching the forage. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that kind of, uh, we've knocked out two, we've done a flipping jig and we've done football head jig. Um, let's see. I know uh swing head is another one that you had on your list there. And the guy, the ones that you uh, sell are skirtless. Is that correct? Yeah. So I actually have both um, in a, and it's a football oh, style right. head. Um, I have a skirted version and I have a, you know, non-skirted, you know, so the non-skirted, you know, there's a, there's a chigger crawl trailer on there, but you know, it's just once again, it's a football head that can move around like crazy. Um, me personally, I still use, I use the non-skirted the most. Um, not that the skirted don't have the place, but for me, what I'm normally getting out of, you know, I'm already kind of getting out of a football jig and stuff. Right. Um, those swing heads, I use them a lot. Um, it's a nice thing. Like if I'm a little bit unfamiliar with a body of water, I will use that between that and like a spinner base, something like that. I'll actually go to that first as kind of my main search bait because you can still flip it into brush stuff like that. And for the most part, it typically comes through pretty well. Um, it works very, very well in rock and rip wrap. Um, better than probably the football by itself. Um, just cause that hook kind of just deflects out of the way, you know? So, so if your head gets, if your head hits a abrupt rock or something, it's normally kicking your bait out to the side versus just pulling right into the snag and gotcha. stuff. And a lot of times if you do snag it, 
you can typically pretty easily, you know, do the old stretch and load the rod and let go of the tension. Um, you throw the rod basically back at the bait kind of look. Um, because what happens is, okay, I'm stuck. My head's here. I let go of that tension. It goes right back down the body of the hook. So a lot of times that, that head will actually knock the bait out for you. Gotcha. Um, then you'd obviously start reeling again. But um, the, the main benefit there is it's awesome for covering, you know, those kind of, you can fish them deeper, but kind of like medium level banks, um, shallow to, you know, say anywhere from, you know, two feet to 10 feet. You can cover a lot of water there. You're almost going to, the feel is almost more of like fishing a slow crankbait that's banging along the bottom. Okay. You know, most of the time I typically will kind of have my rod tip slightly angled down, um, not pointing obviously at the water, but, you know, just kind of off to the side. Um, and for the most part, the bait and the trailer are creating all the action. You're not doing too much popping and stuff like that. You're just keeping a real, you know, decent, slow, steady retrieve on it and just letting that bait crash through everything along the bottom. Um, once again, your strikes are kind of more reaction based. Um, but like I said, it's, um, honestly for me, it's a, it's a very versatile lure, um, that has caught me a, a lot of fish, even on bodies of water that, you know, I might be showing up to for the first time. Okay. No, that makes a lot um, of sense. Yeah. And one of the things with them where I see people probably not using them, Optimally, at least in my opinion, um, is most people still try to throw pretty light weights. Where with a swing head, I actually want something pretty heavy. I mean, I, most of the time I'm going back and forth between half ounce and three quarter. Okay. You know, if I'm fishing, a, you know, kind of closer in that eight to 10 foot range, stuff like that. And I know I'm mainly going to be fishing that a lot of times. I'll, I'll start with a three quarter. Okay. Because it's not a bait that you're pitching and relying on, you know, a fall rate. You know, once it's on the bottom, it's essentially on the bottom. You know, so the heavier you go, within reason, you know, the easier it is to maintain that contact. Gotcha. You know, and that's why I like going a little bit heavier than maybe I would in that same body of water with a football jig or flipping jig, stuff like that. Yeah, and I guess that that makes more sense too. If you're if you're doing a slow steady retrieve, you're not and not imparting a ton of action um, through your rod tip or anything. Um, that way, you know, with a, a lighter bait, yeah, that will tend to want to come up off the bottom or right. Uh, you know, so that makes sense uh, to go through. And uh, I was gonna, I was uh, that was another topic I wanted to talk to uh, talked uh, about some point tonight was how you uh go about selecting weights on the heads of your jigs and is it mostly um basically how much bottom contact you want to get or, or are you looking at the depth of water yeah so 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 for me um like i said pivot heads no matter what scenario i am typically going to somewhere between half ounce and three quarter um you know like i said that's that is way more about castability you know once again i'm trying to cover water so obviously the heavier years for the most part within reason as long as you got a rod that can do it you can heave them out pretty far mm-hmm. um you know but that that the weight is a lot more castability slash just bottom contact when i get into flipping and football jigs i am i am paying attention more to fall rate 
you know, because that is one very popular time to get hit on a jig is actually just on the initial fall. Um, you know, whether it's a pitch or whether you're throwing footballs out in deep water, whatever, a lot of times that fall, that fall rate is something that to really key in on. Um, and for the most part, you know, if I'm fishing, you know, if I'm fishing four feet or less, you know, most of the time I'll probably have a three eights on, um, you know, uh, and before, if I'm not getting bit on say a three eights jig there, um, flipping jig before I will really say, Hey, they're not hitting jigs, start throwing swinging heads or start throwing spinner baits or crank baits, whatever. I will first make a move to a heavier jig and see if that faster fall rate will, you know, kind of start triggering some reaction strikes. Gotcha. Um, for the most part, you know, springtime, they're not near as picky traditionally. Um, summertime, I have actually had more success in the flipping scenario. I've had more success with heavier. Um, and then a lot of times uh, fall will be heavy up until you basically get into your early winter style fishing. And then traditionally you, you are going to go the other way and start from a weight perspective, start down and not necessarily an actual size, you know, cause whether this jig is a three eighths ounce or a half ounce or even three quarter, the actual profile of the bait is not that different. You know, to the to the fish's eye, it still looks like the same amount of bulk coming through the water. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of times in those winter scenarios, stuff like that, whatever fish are still somewhat shallow, you know, 10 feet or less, a lot of times I will have to back off and go to like a quarter ounce even, um, you know, stuff like that. Okay. And I know uh, that kind of leads us into another uh, type of jig that I wanted to talk about, and that was your finesse jigs. And I do have one of those here too. Um, I had another one, and it must be tied on to one of my rods somewhere because I could not find it. But gotcha. uh, <laughs> uh, and I know uh, so this one is the one I had in my box. Um, but uh, when what's your uh, application for these guys? So, so finesse jig I use in the same scenarios that I would a flipping jig. Okay. Um, now, where I like that, my specific finesse jig, because um, it basically is kind of a modified flipping head, um, is it's a little bit more weedless, you know, by doing like an EWG style versus having like a weed guard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, like, you know, it's it's... Once again, if you start getting those areas, I throw them a lot in the winter um, or even early, early spring when those fish are a little bit more, you know, a little more finicky, but also a little bit more like skittish. You know, you're trying to you're trying to not make big crashing noises and stuff like that. Uh, A lot of times I'll go to that finesse jig. Now, the nice thing is with the finesse jig is, you know, normally you're putting a little bit smaller trailer on it, Um, you know, for example, me personally, most of the time with a flipping jig, I'm going to have a four inch trigger crawl on it. Um, where, you know, with the finesse jig, I'll step down and do like a three inch trigger crawl. Well, even the profile in those two baits, if you put them side by side, is significantly different. Um, you know, the claws are a little bit smaller, but the body of it itself, you know, the bulk of the bait is actually substantially smaller. Yeah. Um, and once again, you know, so a lot of times those finesse jigs, when you know, can, um, 
you know, those finesse jigs kind of when the bite either gets tough and I still want to kind of try to force feed a jig going, um, or if I'm in a scenario where those fish are really skittish. It's most of the time when I when I will go to those. Um, I, the thing I kind of like about them um, is just that um, I don't always have a lot of heavy rods with me, and I feel like I can throw that on a little bit of a lighter setup too. Um, yeah, you can. You can. Um, to me, with a with just the finesse jig, you actually want something a little bit lighter. Um, I mean, trust me, I've thrown them on seven and a half foot heavy action rods. Um, and do okay. Um, but that's actually a, one of the few skirted jigs that I prefer on like a medium action. Gotcha. Um, you know, I feel like I can get a little bit more control, get in a little bit tighter quarters with them as well. Um, but yeah, I really feel like I have a, a lot better control and sensitivity, you know, obviously stepping down to that, that kind of medium action. Um, and even some of the, the medium heavies of today are a little bit on the lighter end compared to, you know, a 30 year old medium heavy. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no. And yeah, those vary from, you know, rod maker to rod maker too. But in general, I could see where, uh, going a little bit lighter on those, uh, little guys would, uh, definitely pay or, uh, oh. that would help me anyway. So, um, all right. So, um, how about swim jigs? Um, I know you have a, a swing head swim jig that you you do, um, and I know I have one here. I'm not even sure where I got this from, but usually the heads are a little bit different on these. They're more pointed. Um, I, I'm thinking designed for moving. Uh, moving. Yeah. Um, so, um, so hopefully I've been teasing it for a really long time. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. My my actual fixed hook, you know, non swinging style. Um, swim jig will um, kind of more of a finesse swim jig um, will be coming out here this week. Um, the swim jig profile, yeah, I mean, it's exactly made for what it says. It's more made for swimming. So a lot of times, like, which obviously you can fish them around anything, um, but kind of where they were originally designed um, was kind of more like fishing grass lines almost um or kind of steering through weeds and stuff like that and that's kind of where you get more of a quote-unquote shad head um typically is the you know the main head style on those um and it's kind of like they said the the, the original intent of them was to a design a jig that i can throw a relatively lightweight and still cast a freaking mile and that's going to get you all back towards your shad slash bullet kind of style looking heads. Um, you know, there's a lot less drag on one of those and there's a big wide football. Um, you know, so that's another part of the reason of the head design as well as castability. Um, okay. But um, yeah, a lot of times the original intent of those was basically kind of slow rolling stuff through grass lines, stuff like that, where normally you couldn't fish any form of, you know, obviously punch rigs exist now, um, you know, but where you couldn't really fish any, any sort of like medium thick vegetation with a skirted style bait. Gotcha. Um, and um, I know uh, through all your head designs and stuff, you always like to take what was out there and, and uh, you know, make it your own or make it, you know, uh, these subtle, subtle improvements, which I think is what draws people to your to your jigs a lot, is because of the the amount of time and energy you put into your head designs. And I was curious what kind of uh, things you did 
with the swing bit, uh, swing jig design, if anything, um, to kind of tweak that at all. Yeah. So, so one thing is always, um, any form of swimming style bait, I do try to make it kind of more keel weighted. Um, you know, I want the main bulk of that lead to kind of be on the bottom side of the head. Um, that way when it's falling, it falls kind of straight down. Um, but also that it doesn't roll on you if you try to fish it fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's a lot of, lot of heads out there that might be a little bit too blunt across the face and stuff. So a lot of times like, oh, hey, if you're fishing a slow retrieve, great tracks, fine, no problem. Um, but if you like to play around and you like to try to burn them and stuff like that, a lot of times they'll start rolling on you. Gotcha. And in my experience, most of the time a bait running on its side typically means in a missed fish. <laughs> no, um, true enough. Yeah, it, 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 it seems to be considerably harder to get a hook in them when they're, when they're kind of laying on their side through the water than it is, you know, when you got that, the hook point kind of up. Gotcha. Um, so I, I, I'm guessing that they probably, I know uh, I've, I love your uh, sled head swim jigs, uh, swim jig heads for like swim baits and stuff. Is that kind of more of the idea that those look like uh I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's it, it's basically a modified version of that. Okay. Um, with that head design period, I've had a lot of success with. Um, so if you kind of look like, I mean, even my spinner baits, underspin stuff like that, they kind of all form around that sled head design. Um, you know, that's um, but yeah, it's basically it's a little bit of a shallowed out version of that to be able to feed uh, fit a weed guard in. Um. But yeah, for the the main design principles are the same. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, um, I know uh, I, you had mentioned to me before the show um, that those are coming very soon, and you know, super looking forward to that. So definitely, uh, um, we'll be happy to. I'll, I'll definitely pick some up so I can share them on here when we get them, and uh, we'll get that word out there, and uh, hopefully uh, get everybody falling in love with those as too uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. And then yeah. uh, one last thing on the on the swim jigs um, that I did forget to mention um, is a big reason they became popular is you could essentially fish them like a spinner bait, in, in the same areas that you would probably fish a spinner bait, but they're a lot more subtle. And you know, for the longest time, the spinner bait was the most common bait thrown by any angler. You know, it's a very easy bait to throw for the most part. You know, it's cast and retrieve, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, they worked really, really good. Um, then they obviously, after they became too popular, there was a little bit of a lull there, um, which I always thank the chatter bait for bringing the spinner bait bite <laughs> back. Um, right. So, so thanks, thanks, Z-Man, on that one. But um, but the swim jigs, you could basically, a lot of times where you would fish a spinner bait, you know, on a high-pressured body of water, you, a lot of times you'll do actually better ending up lending over towards like a swim jig. You know, it's a lot more subtle presentation, but it's a similar bulk profile. You know, you get that full skirt, you got the swim bait kind of sticking out. Um, you know, it's um, like I said, a lot of places where I throw spinner baits a lot, if that spinner bait's not working, but I'm still kind of targeting more of a reaction strike um, or it's just a shad based lake, stuff like that. I will go to the swim jig. Gotcha. So it's basically the, Spinnerbait without the thump from the blades, I'm guessing. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, you already mentioned it, but I, uh, you're going to go with uh, more of a swim bait kind of trailer on those, obviously, because you want something moving. Um, I guess crawls would still work. Because yeah, so lap, but. so a lot of anglers, a lot of pros, all that stuff. A lot of times they they actually seem to end up with more of a swimming like a crawl style trailer, you know, like a rage crawl or um, you know even the chigger crawl would work, but like a rage bug or, or you know basically there's a, cr a crawl style that has a lot of action. Gotcha. Um, a lot of times I've seen people even throw like, you know, grubs, you know, twister tail kind of style. Oh yeah. Um, me personally, once again, could simply be a confidence thing. I myself always prefer swim bait, um, you know, and stuff. Now I will say something I do more with swim jigs than I would say flipping or football is a lot of times I'll actually even throw like contrast trailers, you know, so you know, maybe I'll throw almost like a candy crawl style, you know, skirt color and then I'll pair it or even like my summer crawl 2.0 where it's got a little bit of like almost like a chartreuse green pumpkin built into it. Mm -hmm. And I might I might throw that with, say, a black and blue swim bait. Trailing. Yeah. Um, you know, I will throw a little bit more of a contrast, um, not all the time, but a lot of times I'll throw a little bit more of a contrast trailer where me personally with flipping and football jigs, I'm normally just matching my trailer with the skirt. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know um, one of the things I know, like Tactical Basson talked about, if you do put a cr uh, crawl trailer on the back, um, I know they talk about it with chatterbaits and stuff, but I'm sure probably work with swim baits is they put it on sideways um, so that the, you have, you know, kind of the two crawls instead of being flat, they're this way and they kind of, right. You know, swim a little yep. bit that way too so if you have a crawl trailer and that's all you have it should still work um because you're still oh, gonna yeah. get a swimming action out of it but yes yep cool um all right uh what are some of the other ones that you have there in front of you i know you had a few more than i did um hair jigs was one um, yeah so so really the the kind of last one that's still when when i hear jigs that falls in the jig category for me is you know let me try to get this thing maintained here. Um, you know, a, a hair jig. Um, me personally, so there, there's several different types of hair. Um, mine are all marabou. And personally, marabou to me, and from my experience, is way more of a smallmouth bait than it is largemouth. Um, that being said, they do make hair jigs that are kind of the opposite. And a lot of times those are more like bucktail styled hair stuff like that that gets used for those okay. um, once again those are really popular in like shad lakes you know they'll throw these big white you know kind of bucktail hair jigs that might be six seven inches long um <laughs> where a lot of times smallmouth it's a lot more of a compact um presentation um but the nice thing is is if you ever get the chance to watch marabou is you know when i pick this thing out of the water and for the first time of casting it, it looks like nothing. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a freaking drowned cat, right? You know, or a drenched cat. And, you know, so this thing, I'm like, it's so tight to the hook. Like the bait looks maybe a freaking eighth of the size of that at what it was. It's all mad and all stuff. But when you get it back in the water, if you let it sit there, even with the babiest of current or water movement, that that hair will just kind of do this. Mm-hmm. And it seems to drive smallmouth nuts. 
Um, you know, and I've, I've fished them like for bed fishing for smallmouth. Um, a lot of times I've done it to where I just cast them, you know, I might go to a little bit heavier one if I do, um, you know, I might cast them and almost kind of do like the, almost like a yo-yo technique where it's like a slow retrieve. And then, you know, once I, you might retrieve it five, six feet, let it kind of fall back a little bit, retrieve it five, six feet, let it fall. Um, you know, I've done a kind of a various, various different techniques with them. Um, and some people just cast them out, let them get to the bottom and just do a real boring, slow retrieve back. Um, you know, there's kind of a multiple ways to fish it. Um, the biggest thing I've noticed is 90%, not even 90%, that, that's unfair, but like 50% of your kind of choice on a hair jig is one color to yeah. fall rate because those fit like up in northern wisconsin where i typically try to you know make it up to once a year something like that those fish like those things so stinking slow it's unreal and that's actually where kind of my head design came from was you know we're trying to cast these 16 ounce hair jigs in the wind uh it's really hard to do even if that marabou is wet you know right. so basically i opted to a heavier head eighth ounce quarter ounce um but i add in more bulk to it with adding more marabou than the standard one on the market might be um but also too with giving it more of a flat head so it creates more drag on the fall and stuff so it gives you the castability of a heavier head um but you get the fall rate of the lighter one um and that that helps a lot, especially in winning conditions, stuff like that, you know, just makes it anytime I can, even if I'm bed fishing and Hey, I can get this thing from 20 feet away to him instead of six, <laughs> you know, that, yep. that can make a huge difference for you. you know? Oh, definitely. Especially um, in bed fishing. Yeah. Now, when you get into the great lakes, um, especially more like Lake Erie, heavier, the better, mm -hmm. you know, hair jigs, it seems like you, you, like if you're not throwing a half ounce, um, which I'm hoping to actually add to my lineup in the, the near future here, um, you're kind of wasting your time. I mean, most of the anglers out there that are doing well in hair jigs, it's three-eighths to a half ounce, where most anglers in northern Wisconsin, unless they know about mine, um, they won't have anything over an eighth ounce. Mm -hmm. You know, same same fish, right? Smallmouth, but they act totally different with them. Right, right. No, and and, and that's definitely... I. One thing that I've noticed for sure, um, just in my, um, I kind of totally go hair jig uh, when it gets so cold that I'm wearing my dry suit and stuff. That's that's one of the things I pretty much uh, staple of my winter fishing is hair jigs. Um, well, for smallmouth on the river anyway, um, because uh, out of all the baits that I've tried in cold water, that is one of the few that is very reliable. And uh, it might not be the, the most thrilling thing to fish ever, but, uh, uh, no, it, it, <laughs> yeah, typically not. But uh, in the wintertime, sometimes, you know, it's not the, there isn't a great bite anyway. So um, if it works, I'm going to keep using it. And that is one thing that I've definitely uh, uh, found that is very effective. And I think for the exact reason that you stated, because uh, when you're not doing anything, it's down there, still down there flowing and, you know, pulsing in the in the, you know, just in the with the motion of the water. So. Yep. Yeah. It gives a nice subtle presentation. There's still some movement. It's not nothing. Like if you just pitched a beaver out there and then drowned it for an hour, 
uh, you know, the beaver's not moving, right? You know, so, um, you know, where you still just get a little subtle, non-threatening kind of action out of it. Um, yeah, in the wintertime, you know, that, that can that can help a lot. Nah, and um, that's one of the few uh, jigs when you're talking jigs that don't need a trailer, right? Because you don't really have to. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Put much on there. Or do you yeah, so it? I've seen some people, they might add, like, almost like a freaking, uh, even like a Ned, you know, Ned worm, stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that I've seen used. Um, me, personally, I've always had the best luck of just leaving it be marabou only. Mm-hmm. um and stuff and and um once again that's just kind of my personal preference and and out of the things i've tried what seems to do the best for me um but i do know a lot of times people will put like very 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 small stick bait style trailers on them occasionally gotcha gotcha and i know um i i remember you talking before the first time i think uh we had where you on where you talked about the hair jigs is that uh you kind of double the marabou or at least you know significantly add to the amount of marabou that your jigs have um and that helps with your fall rate you said and um i'm sure just you know in general like when so even when it does look like a drowned rat you're still going to have more kind of flowing there than than other things yeah it um helps with the fall rate and it helps with the bulk you know it gives them and once again i mean that is a lot of marabou specific a lot of hair jigs that you buy on the market there is not much marabou there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the big things, and I always say to everybody that can help you when in doubt, is literally throwing something a little bit different than the next guy. You know, it can be the same type of bait. I mean, you know, we can get lost in the weeds with spinnerbait topics, um, even flipping <laughs> jigs, stuff like that. You know, just something a little different. And, you know, hey, I know they love marabou, but maybe they don't love the same 10,000 marabou jigs they've seen. You know, maybe they want to see something slightly altered. Right, right. Uh, which uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you that's kind of along the same lines there is the uh, the rubber uh, skirts that you sell. I know um, uh, one of the advantages of that is I was reading that it doesn't 
uh, it kind of repels uh, kind of grass and uh, stuff when you're kind of going through some of that thicker, weedier stuff, right? It doesn't grass or stuff doesn't tend to stick to it as much. Is that? Yeah. So that that's one benefit, um, which I, I do offer them too, like in the punch rig and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it's definitely one benefit is they, they are a lot less sticky than a lot of your heavily colored silicone skirting. Um, another big benefit to round rubber is kind of similar effect to like the marabou is that stuff moves so easy. You know, if you, if you take a bait, if you ever get a chance to do like a, almost like just a dunk tank kind of stuff and look between a round rubber half ounce jig and a half ounce standard jig, like those skirts, even though they're still, you know, somewhat similar material, those skirts move incredibly different. Hmm. You know, where the round rubber is going to, as soon as that bait stops, you know, you get some on a, on a silicone skirted jig that'll, you know, flare out a little bit around rubber. That thing goes, you know, like it flares and just basically it flares wide open. And then you get to see straight access to your trailer and stuff. And that, that is kind of one of the benefits to them. Now, one of the downsides to them, there are not many colors available, <laughs> you know? So if you are a person that gets really, honed in on hey i want you know 50 strands of green pumpkin i want five strands of uh, nice blue and a little <laughs> bit of black in there yeah you're not going to be able to get those those perfectly with um with uh round rubber well i was even, even with that said though i was looking through uh your colors for that and there are a few of blended ones that look pretty good to me you know that i mean uh, uh so, well, a lot of times when you see the the round rubber stuff, it's pretty much just straight one color. Um, right. And not a lot of, um, but you have a couple that are, uh, are, are mixtures, right? Yeah. So like the, the green and brown, which is kind of like a natural crawl kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then I do do like a black and blue to give you the, you know, the, the staple jig color of all time, black <laughs> and blue. Um, and then brown and orange, stuff like that. So yeah, and I got PB&J as well. So yeah, I tried to do a little bit more than, than, a lot of them on the market, like you said, most of the time they are just a flat color, um, mm-hmm. flat black probably being the most popular even out of out of all of them. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, we're getting uh, towards an hour here, so a couple of the last things I wanted to talk about were uh, one jig modifications. Do you do a lot of um, trimming of either your weed guard or your skirt material? So, I personally. With how I have my jigs made, stuff like that, I personally do not trim weed guards. Okay. Um, now I know a lot of people do, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I traditionally do not. You know, basically how how they how you guys get them is for the most part from a weed guard perspective. That's how I throw them. Um, okay. Now, where I spend a lot of time potentially is like skirt trimming, so. For the most part, I try to keep my skirts a little bit longer than a lot of them that you might buy on the market. Nothing extreme, you know, but there might be another quarter to a half inch of skirting material. Um, And really, that's just to let anybody modify them. You know, obviously, if the material is not there, you can't cut it. Right. (laughs) So um, so I do that just to give a little bit more angler preference. You know, they can trim them to whatever they want Um, to me. Like I try for some reason with a flipping or football jig, I'm always about a half inch below the hook 
There's a lot of people that like it cut basically even flush with the hook. Yeah, and I've um, heard that and then, before. And then so somewhere between. Yeah, yeah. You know, me personally, I like a little bit longer. Um, once again, a lot of that's just because that's a little less common than probably most of the jigs that they see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've heard all sorts of weird things about uh, cutting it on an angle, you know, away, and, you know, so many different uh um, people have so many, uh, as with everything, you know, there's, uh, you know, personal preferences for tons of that stuff. But, um, yeah, and I, 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 I've heard, um, you know, lots of different, like cut it even with the hook, uh, versus, you know, oh, it's fine longer, but that makes a lot of sense that if, if the common thing that you hear is cut it even with the hook to make it a little bit different to have it, uh, you know, just a little bit longer, um, you know, again, following along with, with what you were saying about, that subtle difference from everything else that they see um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And most of the time when they, when they're talking about like with the weed guard per se of, you know, kind of cutting it most of the time, what you'll commonly see is they recommend basically, you know, you take this jig, you set your scissors up against this hook and then you cut, you know, so you just get right up and go. So you got a really, really small weed guard. The downside of that is it kind of bypasses the point of the weed guard, which first of all, weed guard's a terrible name. Brush guard is a better Brush. idea. <laughs> um, you know, but um, but yeah, I mean, I personally, I like to have that full weed guard on there. I do feel like it helps the jig come through cover and stuff better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my argument's always been, hey, if you're struggling on the hook set with them, swing harder. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, and... and I even a lot of times fish with a stiff weed guard and stuff. I, I really care more about getting that bait to where the fish are. I'll figure out how to hook it up after. Gotcha. Um, where, you know, if you are in kind of your, I mean, medium stiff's not too bad, but if you're doing the real, real soft, soft weed guards, to me, it might as well not even be there. Right. You know, it's right. Like you get that hook right to a piece of timber or whatever, and you're going to be snagged. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, that, that is one of the reasons why I do not trim the regard uh, at all as well, because my whole confidence thing with those baits, if anything, is that they do come through dang near everything for the most part, you know, right? pretty reliably. And um, that was one of the things that was hardest for me to get used to right off the bat, because I was like, uh, I've seen, I saw, I went fishing with a buddy and he's just chucking right in the middle of like, the brushiest looking stuff. And I was like, I'm never getting my, if I throw in there, I'm never getting that back. out." Yeah. Right. And then that's, that's the beautiful thing, especially with like a flipping jig style. Um, and something I spent a lot of time on with is how gnarly a cover can I find near my area? And I basically try to design a jig to come through that. Um, and I went through several iterations to kind of end up on the, the more triangulated boxy design that I, that I did. No. Um, but yeah, probably after five or six revs, that was, that was the one that by far tested the best. And, um, that's how the flipping jig came about. Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, if this was jig one oh one, is there anything else you think, um, the listeners should know, um, off the top of your head? Yeah. So, I mean, once again, the biggest thing is just, just give them a chance. Um, and make sure that within reason you're trying to throw them on like the 
recommended tackle. You know, don't don't go out and throw a half inch jig on a medium light spinning rod and say, hey, I never could get a hook in it. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to come through a weed guy or something like that. That's a lot to ask for that, that, that spinning rod. Um, you know, me personally, I'm normally throwing medium heavy or heavy action rod, 20 pound fluorocarbon. Um, that way, too, when you hook them, you, the fish actually moves out of the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another big reason, too, that you'll get your heart broke on a, on a spinning <laughs> rod. If you are fishing that heavier cover, that hook set, the objective of that should be to move that fish out of that cover. You want that initial pull to, to get him out from the stuff that's going to break your line. Um, you know, so that's another reason, too, that I say, hey, try to use the, within reason, you know, adequate tackle i mean like don't if you have a medium heavy rod yeah don't worry about going to buy a whole bunch of heavy action rods just to try to fish jigs you're fine um you know i listen i I typically am always throwing about 20 pound floral um and stuff but yeah like i said the, the biggest thing really is just try several different techniques try several different cadences and stuff on your hops and stuff try when you get to a brush pile don't just make one pitch. You know, if you're at a big lay down tree, you know, throw one in the crotch. If there's a crotch or V in the tree, throw one there, throw one up at the bank, throw one out more out near to where your main falls out at the end of it. Left side, right side, you know, try to pick apart some of those, whether it's lay downs, docks, um, you know, even riprap banks, you know, you start seeing some like the concrete slab stuff on the water you know, throw more in the cracks, throw more right on the face of them, you know, right side, left side, you know, give yourself an adequate chance, you know, and and like I said, if you really just pick apart targets, that's mainly what, especially like flipping jigs were for, um, you know, even pivot heads, stuff like that, you know, pick apart those targets. And a lot of times you'll, you'll finally just start developing confidence, you know, um, I don't know why specifically it seems that way. And that's kind of with all pitching, you know, whether it's, you know, just a Texas rig or jig, but you see it all the time. Um, Heck, the first time I met Pal and Finn, I saw it. I was fishing behind somebody and they're just one cast at a tree. Oh, nothing. Next tree, next tree, next tree. And instead of me fishing the full cast and, you know, taking a minute per cast, you know, I might've thrown four or five casts within 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Um, and I was picking up fish behind them, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, a, you know, it's just, like I said, just give yourself a chance. Um, if you can find, you know, um, less pressured bodies of water. Um, like I said, that's huge. I mean, anything that I try, well, I mean, when I first started trying drop shot fishing, um, cause I just had no confidence with it. Um, you know, whether it's Ned's tubes, you know, spinner baits, crank baits, anything go to an easy body of water you'll be amazed at how quick you can develop confidence the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Awesome. I I definitely think that's uh, a good idea. So, again, thanks for sharing. Um, 
Well, now we're, we're pretty much at an hour, so I wanted to give you a chance. Um, I know you talked about the uh, the swim jig coming soon. Do you have anything else that's uh, coming that you wanted to highlight, or um, any yeah, news so, um, yeah, so same time once again. I, I, I'm I've been a little bit behind here, um, teasing this stuff several times, but after everybody has bugged me to do it, I do have an EWG Ned coming out. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I do have a, an actually an EWG swim bait sled coming out as well. Okay. Um, to hopefully start being able to use that swim bait sled um, in maybe a little bit more grassier covers and stuff like that. Now that is something that I don't, I don't know that I've seen much of at all. So that's, that's very intriguing to me. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and I think a big benefit there too is it'll kind of, because it is a little bit of a bigger hook, um, you know, I think a lot of times, I think it's going to take those, a lot of the swim baits you throw. And if you really love a swim bait head, the sled, you know, that I make, you get to throw it, but now you get to throw it on a casting rod through grass even. Um, gotcha. and stuff. Gotcha. And I think it'll, I think it'll, I think it'll do pretty well. Okay, cool. No, that's definitely, uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to then for sure. Uh, the EWG nethead for sure. Cause that, that is one thing that I definitely will not do on the river without now. Uh, once I started using EWG heads on my nets in the river, uh, I get snagged way, way less. It's kind of, I, I actually hated fishing the Ned rig on the river because of snags. Right. I was like, I was like, I just felt like I was throwing my money away because you, you know, uh, it just happened so much. And then when I first started using EWG, at first I started rigging them uh, kind of weedless, trying to rig it on a weird angle, you know? Right. Yep. And, um, and it worked, but it definitely wasn't, it didn't look pretty at all. And I, I feel like, I felt like I lost bites because it looked kind of stupid in it. It would, <laughs> it would twirl right. on the way down and stuff. So, um, you know, when I started first starting using EWGs, that's, that's when I fell in love with the Ned rig on the river for sure. So. Yeah. And, uh, the, the hook, I spent a lot of time on the hook choice. Um, I mean, the Ned head's the Ned head, you know, the, the shape of it's not too different between brands and stuff. Um, but I spent a lot of time with this EWG and, and really dialing in a hook that has a nice big, basically, instead of your standard, you know, shape where it just goes straight up, you know, once you're going into the head, there's actually a big V and that V really helps keep that trailer in place. Cool. No, cause that, that is one of the problems with those is that they, you have the, head slide down or the bait slide down on them a lot so yeah you actually to get the bait through you actually have to squeeze it before the uh the tip of that basically where that v is in the head you actually kind of have to pinch it through down there so it kind of creates a really nice trailer keeper nice nice well awesome i'm looking forward to that too um so guys uh definitely uh Keep your eyes open on uh, Chigmaster's uh, page, and um, Cody, when they come out, just give me a heads up, and we'll uh, we'll share it on Paddle and Fin too, so you know the listeners can uh, go check them out. Yeah, yep, much appreciated, and yeah, I'll definitely let you guys know. Um, and then too, like I always tell everybody, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, just go to the contact page, file the email, um, whether it's just jig selections for your cover. Um, or trying to dial in like color selection, stuff like that, you know, feel free to reach out. Awesome. And uh, I wanted to give you a chance to, to shout out again where uh, folks can find Jigmasters and also uh, anything else that you wanted to shout out. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, the shop and stuff, that's simply uh, just jigmasters.com. 
Um, then the Instagram is at Jigmasters, and then the Facebook page is at Jigmasters Tackle. Um, you know, but typically the easiest easiest places to reach me is just via email or via like DM on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, Cody, thanks again, man. It's been a pleasure. That was Jig One Hundred and One. So um, I, I'm going to give it a try again, and uh, hopefully the next time I have you on, I'll be like, check out all these jig fish that I've been catching. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm a convert. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll get the jig 201 and, and really start dialing in some some techniques. There you go, because there are some things that I didn't talk about that I know I wanted to, and uh, like uh, I know we talked a little bit about uh, heavy wire versus light wire, but uh, we can cover that in jig 201. So sounds uh, good. Yeah, do your homework, everyone, and uh, you know, until next time. <laughs> All right, Cody. Well, thanks again, um, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out jigmasters.com. Again, thanks, Cody, for being a great supporter of Paddle and Venue. You're kind of, uh, you know, one of our longest standing sponsors. I can't thank you enough for that, man. Uh, the support's been great. And, um, you know, uh, so guys, definitely go and check out jigmasters.com. I'll make sure I include uh, a bunch of links uh, in the show notes so you can uh, find that real easy um but again guys uh thanks for tuning in this has been the bass fishing for noob segment on the battle and fin podcast where we bring you the tricks the techniques the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips you guys have a good night thanks cody <laughs> thanks thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on paddle and fin be sure to drop a five-star rating a thumbs up or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. For Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.